Welcome back to the channel, folks. My name's Shane. This is Five Quick Questions, Part 3. This is a mailbag type of series where I take some questions either from Instagram or my YouTube feed or YouTube videos, and I answer them in video format. So if you want your question answered, I'll link some links in the description below where you can find my Instagram and also my YouTube feed. So let's get into it. The first question is a good one. It comes from Arif Ahmed1809. He says, can you gig with Squire? Absolutely. I've done plenty of gigs both here in Australia and also overseas in the US with a Squire classic vibe. They're a very playable guitar straight off the shelf or straight out of the box. You don't really need to do anything. Now, if we're talking about some of the lower end Squires, you can still get away with it, but it might just require a little bit of a setup or you might actually need to change some of the pickups if you're buying sort of like the lowest end guitar and you're taking it more seriously, the pickups would be the first thing to probably change. And also maybe you just want to sort of adjust the fret edges if they are sharp, because that can happen. It can even happen on more expensive guitars too. But overall, the answer to this is yes. If you get a Squire Classic Vibe, Squire Contemporary Series Electric Guitar, anything like that, they're absolutely gigable. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen some pros here in Australia. One being Ray Beadle, a fantastic player, great guitarist, one of my favorites. He uses the Squire Classic Vibe when he plays live, and the tones and sound is just amazing because he can play extremely well. The guitar doesn't really impact your ability to play. You can either play or you can't, and if you struggle, work on your playing, you'll pick up any guitar and you'll make it sound great, so food for thought. Up next is a question from Mr. Kareem33. He's a long-term subscriber to the channel, so thanks for the support over the years, mate. I appreciate it. He asked, do I have any particular preference when it comes to guitar straps? I don't really have a brand that I really go for, although I do really like the Levy's ones. I think value for money and how comfortable they are is real plus, but you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I don't go shopping for any one particular type of strap, but there's a couple of things I look for. And the main thing is, see, even if it's a, a soft cloth one like this, that it flexes this way nice and easily. So side to side. And that usually means it's gonna be way more comfortable on. I also make sure even if it's a leather strap like this one, that the sides aren't overly sort of tight. Like I just want to be able to sort of bend the strap nice and easily. That usually means that the sides won't kind of dig into your neck. Now, I don't care if it's a leather or pleather or material strap. I usually have the best luck, just bang for buck and comfort with these Levy ones. This is like a buddy guy one I got while I was overseas one year. But uh, yeah, I've got a whole lot of these. You've seen them on the videos for years. I'm not endorsed by any strap companies or anything like that. Um, these are just nice and comfortable. They fold up nice and small and they last for years and they're comfortable straight out of the box. Whereas some leather straps, you, you know, you, if you feel them in the shop and you can't push them side to side, I'd probably say avoid them. So I look for something just soft, comfortable, and that looks cool, even though that's kind of subjective when it comes to this one. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, th there you go. Up next, we have a question from Jacko717 from my YouTube feed. He asks, pick one guitar, one amp, and one pedal to keep if you had to sell everything else. Now, my favorite guitar kind of goes in waves. I kind of like this one month, and then I'll, I'll binge play another guitar. But I tell you what, I've said my 52 reissues, one of my favorite guitars for a long, long time, and it still is. But right now, I'm totally loving my Flying V. It's light. The tone is amazing. It's got almost like a single coil kind of vibe to the humbuckers with no buzz but just a little bit more oomph in the low end. That guitar is great. I just love the way it feels. When it's on, it feels great and it inspires me to play. So I'm probably gonna say as of right now, I love my Flying V. That would be the one guitar I would use pretty much if I had to pick anything as of shooting this video. It may change next month, but as of right now, that would be the one. If I had to pick one overdrive pedal, for example, it would have to be the Royal Flush Jewel Overdrive. I think that's a really great pedal, but if I have to pick an amp, 
I'm probably taking my Marshall DSL 40 with the Texas heat speaker. It's a really great amp combo. I don't really need dirt pedals, which means I'd probably bring a delay pedal of some description. So I'd either have the Citec digital delay, which is a really great delay. And I'm also using the Prisoner delay from Jacques. I think they're both great. So that rig would get me through pretty much any gig. If I did take a Fender amp instead of the Marshall, I would probably need the Royal Flush Dual Overdrive. Better to have two overdrives than just one, in my opinion. So that would be it. And they stack great together as well. But yeah, as of right now, I'm loving my Flying V. I'm loving the Marshall. And I love just having a delay pedal in the effects loop. And if I didn't take a delay, I'd probably take my wah. Kind of narrows it down a little bit of where my head's at right now, but that would be about it. Up next, we have a question from Eduardo DP. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. It says, if tones come from our fingers, why can't we hear music from our hands? I love that. He's only kidding, by the way. He says, is it really possible to review guitar pickups? I mean, there's a lot of variables from the normal, e oh, from the normal EQ of the pickups to what you're actually hearing on the speakers. That's exactly right. You know, over 50%, I think it's up to around 70% of people that watch YouTube videos, even on my channel, use their phones. And that's got a little speaker. Now, obviously some people have really nice headphones, but it's pretty tough to really convey sound due to how many different listening devices are out there. The only real way to do it, and even through YouTube, is to have a set of studio models or something that you can reference that you know really well. But it comes back to your question, is it really possible to review that? I think so, but it needs to have some sort of basis for comparison. I always think that comparison videos are better than just straight up videos of something on their own. Because unless you don't, unless you have a comparison, you don't really have any benchmark. And then it just still comes down to all the variables of speakers and if people are still listening on their phone. I've had some people go, oh man, the top end's killing me. And I'm like, what are you listening on? Studio monitors? They're like, no, my phone. I'm like, ah, well, there's your problem because the speakers that are built into this suck. So yeah, I think it's a great question because I really think there's so many variables and what sounds great on one person's system is gonna sound like junk on someone else's. That's not a dig at anyone, that's just the facts. If you're listening at low volume on computer speakers that have a sub that overemphasize the bass, you're gonna be hearing probably more bass than what might've been recorded in the actual video as well. So it's a good question and I think that's definitely worth sort of Maybe I wish I could sort of investigate that a little bit more. I might actually run a, a poll on the channel and see what people are actually listening with. And I'll do a follow-up video on that. Thanks for the question. And lastly, this question's from D Average or Dave Rage. I'm not sure how to pronounce that or D Average or Dev Average. Who knows? Sorry, guys. <laughs> I do my best with these usernames. They sometimes it's pretty confusing. He asks, what's the single worst piece of gear you have ever owned but desperately wanted to love anyway? I had a couple that come to mind, but the biggest one, without question, the thing I spent more money on than anything else, not only on the item at that particular time, but also trying to get it to sound great, was my Gibson ES-335 from 2007. Now, I've been a huge advocate of tone is in the hands, right? I've said that for years. The better you play, you can pick up any guitar and make it sound all right. Now, the cool thing about this whole thing is I got a good friend of mine who's a gun guitar player. He makes everything sound great. He picked one of these particular 2007 ES-335s up and it sounded dark and muddy and lifeless. It just did. It was horrible. I bought about five or six or more amplifiers at that particular point trying to get the guitar to sound like the sound I had in my head and I couldn't get it. And I just upgraded from an Epiphone, which was cooking. It was a great guitar. I really wasted my money buying that particular Gibson. The pickups were dark. I always say it, it felt like it had wet towels over the pickups. That's the best explanation. It's just something's not right. Why, why doesn't it sound lively? 
And speaking of which too, my friend who's a great guitar player had exactly the same experience with that one. And he can make everything sound 10 times better than me. And that guitar just didn't sound great. We had a left and a right-handed one at that particular point. So I didn't own the right-handed one. If another mate of mine did, but we got to play these guitars and they sounded lifeless. I tried so many amps and it just didn't work. I later went into a shop and they had a left-handed Tokai guitar. And I'm not, a, I, I'm maybe a bit of a Tokai fanboy now, but you know, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. And I got to compare a different version of that 2007 ES-335 against the Tokai and it was lights out. Just the Tokai destroyed it tone-wise. It had that sound I was looking for in my head. So I bought it and the rest was history. So yeah, in my opinion, the Gibson ES-335 from 2007-2008 was a pretty terrible instrument. I got some okay tones out of it, but it always sounded muddy and dark. Those pickups at that particular point in time were just terrible, as well as the quality control on the nut and on the neck. I had to get a lot of stuff done to that guitar. But anyway, my new Gibson, my Flying V, wipes the floor with my old experience. So I'm a big fan again now. So yeah, there you go, my Gibson. By far the worst investment I ever made on any music gear, but I wanted to love it. <laughs> Thanks for watching, folks. My name's Shane. If you enjoyed the video, please give it a thumbs up. I appreciate that. So if you want to have your question answered, head over to In The Blues on Instagram. It's In The Blues with an underscore. I'll leave something on screen somewhere. Or you can also just keep an eye out on my feed. So subscribe and click the bell. And I've got some other great questions I really wanted to get to in this one as well. There was lots of really good ones, especially on Instagram. So I'll keep an eye on both. And I may actually use some of the ones that were just asked on this particular week that didn't make the video on the next one. Because it was hard to pick, actually. There was a lot of good questions. So thanks again. Thanks for the support. And I'll catch you soon. See ya.